I'm Denise. I'm the Scottish one. And she's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise, the English one. And she's a fiction editor. And together, we're the Editing Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Editing Podcast. We've got a belter for you this week, haven't we, Louise? Hello. Yes, we have. (laughs) Actually, I'm a bit nervous about this one because (laughs) we're going to be talking about one of those things that get gets people in a right old knicker knot (laughs) (laughs) and it's not the serial or oxford comma either (laughs) though we are going to tackle that in season three we're bracing ourselves for that one (laughs) every season needs to have at least one knicker knot we should make that our manifesto (laughs) i think we should consider it done so this week we're talking about stephen king yay (laughs) we both love stephen king don't we denise yes we do but we're not talking about stephen king but we are talking about something that he talks about I know. But can I just say that Stephen King is the person responsible for getting me reading grown-up books. I think I was was nine or ten when I read Carrie, so that alone makes him worth quoting. Anyway, what we're talking about is adverbs. So go on, Denise, let's have that quote. That quote, right. Okay, so Stephen King said, puts on Stephen King voice. I I won't do that, actually. (laughs) I believe the road to hell is paved with adverbs and I will shout it from the rooftops. To put it another way, they're like dandelions. If you have one on your lawn, it looks pretty and unique. If you fail to root it out, however, you find five the next day, 50 the day after that. And then, my brothers and sisters, your lawn is totally, completely and profligately covered with dandelions. (laughs) By then, you see them for the weeds they really are. But by then, it's (gasps) too late. So is he right? Well... He's not saying don't use them ever, ever, ever. He's saying be careful. He's saying look at your writing and ask yourself if the adverb's necessary. Is it adding anything? He's saying ask yourself if there's a stronger verb you can use. Don't turn your flower bed of a book into a weed. And that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that applies whether you're writing fiction or non-fiction, doesn't it? Uh Though I do think the knicker-knotting comes up more in discussions around fiction. I don't see people getting quite so upset about whether to embrace or banish these things in non-fiction. It's interesting. I I wonder if there's more pressure around creative writing for some authors, perhaps because the focus is on entertainment rather than educational professional development. Do you think, I don't know, do you think that might be the thing? Well, I think it might be. I think with some non-fiction, people are constantly being told to cut the fluff and the flowery language and keep the message clear, certainly in business and education. And perhaps there's less of a drive to be creative with language in those cases. And the problem with adverbs is that you don't want to get rid of them thoughtlessly any more than you want to include them thoughtlessly. Mm. So someone reads what King said about adverbs and went through their novel hitting the delete button. That's not going to make them a stronger writer. That's just a lazy way. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Good writing's about intention. It's not about hitting delete. It's like what you said earlier. It's about thinking, does that adverb need to be there or is there a cleaner and smoother way of doing the job it's doing? that will retain the mood, the texture and the flow of the writing. Yeah. So let's start with the basics and define an adverb because not everybody knows the lingo. So an adverb is a word that describes a verb, the action or doing word in a sentence, just like an adjective describes a noun. So examples, please, Denise. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Mrs. So podcasts are a bit of a mirror for this type of thing. Uh-huh. It's, it's so much easier when you're blogging because you can use bold. So I shall try to embolden my speaking voice. (laughs) So here goes. To boldly go. Stephen ranted gently. I spoke eloquently. James, sit there. 
Louise leaned backwards into the chair and chucked her gin greedily. <laughs> I'm liking that last one. Yeah. So notice that adverbs often end in L-Y, like boldly and greedily and so on, but not always, like um, Denise's examples of there and backwards. Um, there are also adverbial phrases which behave in the same way as adverbs, but use two or more, more words to describe a verb. So here are a couple of examples. And like Denise, I'm going to try and <laughs> embolden my language. <laughs> Denise and Louise laughed like a couple of mutleys. <laughs> the writer eradicated her adverbs under the watchful eye of Stephen King. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of saying to you, don't use adverbs, what we're going to do is talk about the adverbial red flags you need to be aware of so you can make informed decisions about whether you're using or abusing them. That's a much better approach. So when do we need to take care? Well, the first thing to watch out for is the double tell. That's when the adverb tells us something that we already know because the verb is strong enough in its own right. So examples include whispering quietly, inched step by step, yelled loudly, gasped breathily, or glanced briefly. Yeah, those are all great examples of redundant adverbs that can be gone from your file. And here are a few examples that um, you might find in nonfiction. Um, we've done this the wrong way around, haven't we? <laughs> oh, we're <laughs> mixing it up today. <laughs> so, researched systematically, facilitated helpfully, spoke verbally. Oh, that's a bit yeah. of a weak one, but because I can't imagine yeah. anybody would write that, but it's a oh, good no, illustration. Oh, no, 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 I've seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I've actually, I've got another fiction one that I see a lot um, when less experienced authors are dealing with thoughts. So I might see something like, how on earth would he get that kind of money by tomorrow? Jimmy thought inwardly. <laughs> so they... Yeah, I can see how in that example things have gone awry because you can't do anything but think inwardly. Thinking is something that goes on in your head. And I don't know if you agree with this, Denise, but I think that in fiction, at least, these kinds of double tells worm their way in because writers don't quite trust themselves or their readers to get it. It's like they're thinking, I just need to make sure that's clear. Um, yeah. Or they're just so immersed in the message that the line craft gets a little muddled. I think it's exactly the same in nonfiction. It comes down to confidence and taking the time to learn and apply that line craft you just talked about. So the next red flag concerns dialogue. And for this, I'm going to hand over to the fiction editor. Right, you are. So there are a couple of issues here. The first is when the adverb tells us what we already know from the dialogue. And the second is when the adverb tells us something we already know from the dialogue tag. So I'll give you an example of double telling with the dialogue first. I'm warning you, you take another slug from that gin bottle and you're for it, Louise said threateningly. <laughs> so we know from the speech that Louise is speaking in a threatening manner. So the adverb threateningly becomes redundant. Yeah. And um, now I'll give you a couple of examples of when the double tell relates to the speech tag. Are you sure that's a Scottish accent? Denise asked questioningly. And hey, Stephen, can I ask you something? She whispered quietly. Yeah, yeah. So I can see in how in both those examples, the adverbs, they're just cluttering, asked and whispered, and we can get rid of them. Yep. Now, here's another situation that's worth watching out for. Sometimes an adverb might seem necessary, but in fact, a stronger verb would be better. So we could change he walked slowly to he ambled, he strolled or he edged. 
Yeah, and that means thinking about the mood of a scene to make sure the verb we pick evokes the right emotions in a reader. And it might seem obvious, but a thesaurus is your best friend here. Word has a built-in thesaurus that's brilliant as a quick reference tool for finding alternatives to weak verbs. And of course, there are, the other way to fix the problem is to strengthen the dialogue. So um, I think we ought to talk about adverbial phrases a little more because um, I think some writers try to get rid of their adverbs just by replacing them with adverbial phrases. Yeah, yeah. And all that does is add more words. Yeah. It doesn't make us think about writing purposefully and keeping things tight. So an example would be changing he spoke gently to he spoke in a voice with a gentle tone. The first version with a single adverb is far more effective than the more clunky alternative. It's still behaving adverbially, but it's in a phrase form. Yeah, that's it. So we're not saying get rid of all your adverbs. I don't think either of us um, like that kind of prescriptive advice no. when it comes to writing creatively or academically. Mm -hmm. What we're asking you to do is to think about whether your adverbs are working or whether you can say what you want to say without them or by tweaking your word choice. Yeah, and that applies to any part of language and grammar, really. It's not about adhering to rules. It's about considering the reader experience and the story you're telling and which words will do the best job of helping you do that well. Mm. So I've got a question for you, Louise. Oh, given no. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Given <laughs> that you're not a prescriptivist, how often do you find yourself removing adverbs and adverbial phrases when you're editing for indie authors? It varies from client to client, but in general, I'd say a lot. And it's not because of this or that rule or because I like doing things this or that way. It's because those adverbs are redundant. They're not adding anything but clutter. It, it sometimes is a case of that lawn being full of those dandelions that King talked about. Mm -hmm. And they're a blight on what is at structural level a fabulous story. And as soon as the, those redundancies are removed or changed to stronger words, that story can really begin to pop. How about you? Is, is that something you see from indie business authors a lot? Yeah, yeah, it is. I see the double tell quite a lot from business writers. Mm. There's lots of speaking verbally and working together in partnership. Mm. And when I point it out, they're surprised. They've never really noticed what's going on when they do that. And hopefully they'll do it a little bit less in their next book. Yeah. So to sum up, use adverbs when they help your reader understand more than they would have done without them. A well-placed adverb will still nudge a reader in the right direction and keep your business message or your novel tight. And if they're repetitive clutter that add nothing we couldn't have guessed at, get rid of them. If the writing feels flat, head for a thesaurus and find alternative verbs that will bring your prose to life. By the way, I'm dreading seeing the, the, the transcript of this episode. I bet it's littered with adverbs. I they're all we, over the place. We say really and oh, all, I mean... We just, we just, I just, I, I'm, I'm just a, a, an adverb with legs. <laughs> well, that's the difference, though, isn't it? In conversation, it's okay, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's when you see them written down that you think, yeah, there's a better way of saying yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, moving swiftly on. See what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for editing bites. This is part of the show where we offer you a recommended tool or resource. So, what have you got for us this week, Louise? So my friend and fellow fiction editor, Callie Worden, put me onto this. Um, it's How to Write Dazzling Dialogue by James Scott Bell. Poor dialogue can really let a novel down. So an accessible text that demystifies how to get it right is worth its place on any fiction writer's and editor's bookshelf. That's a good one, yeah. And mine is the Oxford Guide to Plain English. It's a handy paperback packed full of really solid advice on keeping your writing clear and concise, always putting the reader first. Brilliant. 
That's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the Editing Podcast. You can rate, review and subscribe by your podcatcher. And please tell your writer, editor and business friends about us, basically anyone who writes. You can get in touch with us via the Editing Podcast Facebook page. Drop your questions in there too and we'll get back to you. And don't forget, all the links we've mentioned are in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.